is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It is uh, tough times out here. Financial panic, coronavirus. I'm currently broadcasting for my car, preparing for a new lifestyle where I might have to be living out of this car. Um, that's why, let's be honest, I, I've been talking about financial panic. I've been talking about this coronavirus. I've been ahead of these issues. I've been your source for what could go wrong. And I've been telling you for a long time that you should be putting your money into sandwiches. At this point, this is your own fault. I'm like you. I've been too lazy to buy gold. Bitcoin, not looking that good. It's all the way down to $5,000. I actually think it's a buy. If I wasn't too lazy, I would finally open up that account, stock up on some Bitcoin. But what have you guys done to prepare for the inevitable? Here's what you got to do. They're going to be printing so much money and putting it into the stock market, trying to give this bubble one last go, one last inflation. And so really, the only way that you can stay ahead of this thing is if somehow you stockpiled massive amounts of debt. That's how you win with inflation. You end up paying back people with shittier money. Or you know that thing that you got to pay to the government once a year? Not having a Biden moment. I know exactly what it's called. I just don't want to say it on air. I know the government's listening on this thing. I don't want them shutting us down. But you know that thing that you're supposed to pay? If you're a W-9 employee, you just don't pay it. Give it a year. Inflation, you're going to be paying them back with dollars that are worthless. Give them a piece of their own medicine. So here's what I'm thinking. Because obviously that's not that realistic. And you know what else isn't realistic? Um, somehow staying ahead of inflation. So instead of stocking up on food, which I see people doing, they're clearing out the supermarkets in New York City, just fatting up. If it's already in your stomach, they can't steal it from you. What do you think? Someone's going to cut open your guts to try and eat your uh, eat your intestines like some kind of bad zombie movie? That's not what's going to happen. Put on 10, 15 pounds right now. I've been, I've been going all out on oatmeal raisin cookies. Usually oatmeal raisin cookies aren't even my favorite cookie. I mean, it, like, if you were to say, hey, Rob, are you in the mood for a hot, warm chocolate chip cookie freshly baked or an oatmeal raisin cookie? Nine days out of ten, I'm going chocolate, but not right now. I've been on a fucking, I've been on a fiend for oatmeal raisin. So that's what I'm saying. Fatten up now. Put on 10, 15 pounds. If the food supply runs short, all you're going to need is some water. Pick up maybe one life straw. Fill up your bathtub. You'll be good to go. Run your mouth fans are going to be prepared for this thing. So it's in times like this. We're not having a child, a career you care about, or anything going well is finally looking like a winning strategy. And that's why a round of applause for me, because right now I feel like my lifestyle is killing it, dude. I can pick up and go. Doesn't matter. I got, I got to pack up my trunk. You know, I got a car now. I could be putting uh, like some camping equipment in here. I've never camped in my life. I don't know how to camp, but I don't have no mouths to feed. Ain't got no kids to worry about. Ain't got no bills I got to pay. I'm a free man. And let me tell you right now, that feels pretty good. You know what doesn't feel pretty good? Broadcasting out of my hot car right now. I, I wasn't expecting a hot day. This is like sitting in a fucking sauna. All right, well, whatever. We're going to get through it. You know what? Maybe so that you can have the this uh, this experience as well. You should sit in a hot car and listen to me broadcast. It'll be like we're sitting in a hot car together. So let's take a look at the coronavirus. And I'm going to say I think the biggest problem with this animal is the testing. And here's what I even have this going on. I'm telling you, I had a pretty bad cold this week. If it was the coronavirus, then I'm the world's luckiest man because I had zero symptoms other than a stuffy nose. I didn't have a cough. I didn't have a fever. I didn't have anything. I had a stuffy nose for two days. Out of courtesy, I didn't go into work because I was like, let me see if this develops into worser symptoms um, because maybe I did catch the coronavirus. Now, the likelihood that I caught the coronavirus is pretty slim. I haven't been around any foreigners. Don't go on the subway. Really, the only people I interact with are the ones at work, but those are some gross motherfuckers, and, you know, it's tight quarters, so maybe those guys had coronavirus, but I'm already feeling better. It was two days with the stuffed nose, so hopefully I have the coronavirus, and we all get it, and it's two days with the stuffed nose, and we can move on with our life. 
But here's the most infuriating thing. There's no way to get tested unless you've got horrible symptoms and they're not sure if you're dying. And so they got to double check just to make sure they don't want you to get tested. Like, and so what, if you get the fucking cold, you're supposed to quarantine yourself for two weeks to then go back out there and not know if you're immune or not, and then get the coronavirus and then have to go home for another two weeks. That's not very practical. So let's see what going wrong with the testing kits. And here's from Popular Mechanics. So the the initial batch of testing kits were developed by the CDC, and it turns out, as discovered by the labs that were sent the kits to use, they were coming up with a whole bunch of false positives. So in other words, the initial batch of testing kits from the CDC were not good, they were not a reliable system. Now, at the same time, all non-CDC lab tests, by the way, I'm paraphrasing what I read in the article, feel free to go chat, fact, check, fact check me, this is from Popular Mechanics, all the non-CDC lab tests needed FDA approval. So while the government tests were no good, the ones that could have been developed by the free market had to be sanctioned by the government before they could work. Now, here's the craziest part. The FDA is slow to give approval, and also they need to double-check all the findings of the lab results from the non-CDC test. And keep in mind that the benchmark CDC test was flawed. So here's kind of my really cynical thought is that the reason why the FDA and the CDC wants to make sure that it's whatever test is only coming through them is because at some point, some uh, company is going to be able to profit very well by being the one sanctioned test. And so that's the why they want, that's why they want to keep it to one test. Or there's this weird thing going on where for some reason we're like less, uh, we're less like quick to get mad at government in the same way that we are to get mad at public companies. So for example, to the general public, let's say it was just, there was no regulation on this and every private company could develop a test. We would have so much like outrage over the people that created a couple shitty tests. Um, like you'd have some bodega who's like, Hey, we've got some tests and it's just not good. You'd have some Chinese knockoff tests and it just wasn't good. Over time, I think we'd find out who did and who didn't have the good tests and there's quality control things and there's internet and the same way that we have a Rotten Tomatoes to tell you what TV show to, you know, what movie's good. You would find out where the good tests are and they would be for a reasonable cost or most likely because we all kind of trust Amazon. I bet Amazon would have their test that was being sent out through Prime and we go, oh, look, this one's sanctioned from Amazon. I trust those guys. So I'm going to go with theirs and I bet that one would actually work and be pretty good. But for whatever reason, we're so afraid of the faulty test that might exist in the market, and you can know the way the news would fucking go crazy about those. Oh, faulty tests being uh, done on the market. People are out there who are uh, diseased, and uh, they were told that they were fine from this test, or the guy was under quarantine for two weeks, and he got, and he lost his job, and now he can't find a job, and he never even had the disease. Uh, but at the same time, we don't seem to have the same outrage for the government, which uh, has prevented good tests from reaching the market while not having enough testing kits that we can find out who does and doesn't have this thing. And if there were easy tests, which by the way, the same way there's a fucking drive-through, there's drive-through for your Taco Bell. We could probably just do drive-through testing kits. I think I saw that they were doing that in Greenwich. God bless wealthy towns. The richest of people like Tom Hanks already knows that he has it. I think I heard Charles Barkley had it. Isn't it amazing how at the end of the day, everything's a poor person problem? Like all of us, we can't get tested in New York City unless you're old or you're horribly diseased and you can't breathe uh they're not going to give you a test but somehow tom hanks he just knows he has it charles barkley he just knows he has it uh ted cruz or, or the, these other politicians they, they just know so that there's access it's just not for you or me and at the same time they won't allow private companies who would get this stuff to us to be able to do so um 
So just so you know that this isn't just my own crazy talk, here are some mainstream articles that came out that were uh, talking about how government got in the way of hospitals, private individuals, and companies from developing fast testing. New York Times, here's the headline. It's just everywhere already how delays in testing set back the U.S. coronavirus response. Uh, so that was, there was this uh, doctor out in, um, I, I think, Seattle, Washington, and he started uh, getting ahead of it. He wanted to test, like, uh, he was testing for flu, and he realized he could be testing for the coronavirus as well, and basically they shut him down. Um, if you don't want to trust the New York Times, uh, Business Insider also had an article about the same thing, a Seattle research project was reportedly told not to conduct coronavirus tests and swabs from flu patients, a missed opportunity early in the U.S. outbreak. Now, this is from MSNBC. One hospital lab says it could have performed thousands of tests by now. The delays, which have also been driven by a shortage of materials and lack of information from the federal government about how much labs will be reimbursed, have prolonged waiting times to diagnose infected patients while the virus has spread further, according to lab directors and public health experts. Private labs have been in touch with the Department of Health and Human Services since mid-February about developing their own tests, according to the American Clinical Laboratory Association, which represents commercial and hospital labs. But the federal government didn't issue new rules speeding the approval process for commercial research in um, academic labs until February 29th. So once it turned into panic mode, then they're like, all right, you know what? We better get out of the way and let people start making, let other people make some money here because we're really fucking up and this is going to go into level pandemic. Now, here's from NBC News. Many private labs want to do coronavirus tests, but they're still facing obstacles and delays. Okay, so now we even have mainstream media, and they're reporting on the fact that government has got in the way of these private companies uh, coming forward and making tests. Now, do you think government would admit that they fucked up? Do you think government itself would step in and go, yeah, there's been some issues here that have ha- that have kept private individuals from coming forward and uh, getting people the tests that they need? So, Mike Pence. We're going to continue to work in every way to clear out, as the president said, any red tape, any barriers to testing that might have existed at the FDA. Now, this is the bigger issue. Fine. So you're going to clear out red tape in this one case. But once the government's going to step forward and admit there's an issue of government institutions creating red tape that's getting in the way of private individuals getting goods and services than they, that we need, why isn't this going to lead to a total review of red tape? I bet once we get like the we get out of the crisis mode and we take a step back and we look at what really happened here, the biggest issue is that going to be for some reason there weren't the profit incentives or the FDA is not letting companies um, try and develop cures quickly enough, try and develop testing quickly enough. Like it seems like there's enough profit in disease and curing disease that some individuals would have been ahead of this. Let's get that Martin Screlly guy out of jail. That guy, I mean, he'll pop the fuck out of the prices. The insurance companies will have to pay through the roof. All I'm saying is that there's money in buying, like, looking forward at, like, by the way, I think one of the cures that's going to end up uh, working on this is something that they shelved that had been working well on Ebola. You're telling me that there wasn't one hedge fund that didn't want to buy up what was working for Ebola and then see if it might work as a general antiviral and then have that thing ready so that, like, it could just be good to go, just stock it up in fucking factories There's nobody that wants to make that hedge, that gamble, and possibly make huge amounts of profit. I promise you, I'm not not knowledgeable enough to know the specifics of how government is getting in the way of private companies making these investments and having these goods and services ready to go, but I can tell you that it's got to be a government problem. There's enough profit on the table here that I feel like private individuals would work these things out. So... 
Now that they've admitted this red tape problem, I, I mean, I'm going to, uh, well, what, what do I got a podcast with the 1500 people listening to it, but that's the kind of thing we should all be screaming and yelling about. What, are we going to do a total review over government and the red tape that exists that's getting in the way of companies being able to get us goods and services that we need? And now, just so you realize how bad our testing capabilities are versus other countries, South Korea is able to process tests in an hour, and in the U.S. it takes more than two days. Uh, that's from Senator Bernie something from somewhere. I don't know. Uh, in South Korea, they're able to pr process more than 10,000 um, tests per day. Now, here's what's great. So... I'm telling you, the biggest problem of this thing, in my opinion, is the lack of testing. If people could just, uh, I, I can't tell you how many people I see walking around New York City just coughing and sneezing. I, I, who knows who has a cold? Who knows who has the flu? Who knows who the fuck has the coronavirus? Who the fuck knows? The answer is nobody. And if there was easily and quick testing, the people that needed to quarantine themselves would quarantine themselves, and the people that just had a cold could be out and about going about their, their daily lives. The problem is nobody fucking knows. And so I'm outraged about this. I assume everyone else who's living kind of in fear and uh, taking all the food out of grocery stores is also somewhat outraged about this. And so you'd think we'd all be mad at government. So what does Congress have to say? I didn't even read the whole article. I just saw this headline uh, from Politico, Congress livid over lags in coronavirus testing, which what a great trick. What a great manipulative trick where we get outraged and they go, oh, well, we're pissed off. We're just as fucking pissed off as you are. We couldn't be more mad than anyone. I mean, if it was up to us, uh, they would be testing up the wazoo. They, they take no responsibility here. It's like, it, 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 you don't get to be outraged. You get to either solve it or we get to be mad at you for not solving it. But collectively, you don't get to be upset about this. All right, so here's another wild government problem is that uh, apparently a lot of just medications in general are being manufactured in India and China, which, uh, you know, it, it sounds stupid. It just sounds stupid that we're relying on Indian and China for the majority of our medications. And how is that, really? There, there's no factory in America that we could, be, could be profitable making these things? How did that happen? We're, what, what, how is it that, like, we need to send regulators over there to check out, like, these, um, you know what's funny? Like, sometimes when you want to go buy, uh, like, scripts off of these websites that, like, it says the shit's coming from India, and you're like, I don't know, that sounds shady. I think most of our pharmaceuticals are just coming from India. That's where, apparently, they manufacture this stuff. So, this was from, uh, Week Magazine. I like their little news recaps. This just struck me as crazy, um... With the outbreak continuing to spread rapidly worldwide, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced Tuesday that it was suspending most foreign inspections through April. The administration previously halted inspections in China due to the coronavirus, but now will exclude India, the world's leading manufacturer of generic drugs. So far, only one drug is in short supply in the U.S. in relation to COVID-19, but it's unclear which one. Now, I don't know what that, like, so we're short on a drug, but they don't even know what drug we're short on. The FDA is monitoring 20 other drug stores from China, though no shortages have been reported, and they are considered non-critical. Now, this was from USA Today. Prescriptions unfilled. These 30 drugs are in short supply in the U.S. right now. The outbreak of the novel, novel, is it novel or novel? Whatever. Coronavirus has revealed the vulnerability of the supply chain of drugs that originate in China, which is the main supply source of raw ingredients for penicillin, ibuprofen, and aspirin. However, drugs are frequently announced to be in short supply. In fact, the FDI, FDA has a running list of drug shortages due to anything from increasing demand to regulatory factors, as well as supply disruptions. 24-7 Tempo has compiled a list of drugs in short supply from the information provided by the Food and Drug 
Drug Administration. Drug shortages occur for a variety of reasons, and this has been an ongoing problem the FDA and legislators have been trying to address. These include manufacturing and quality issues, delays involving logistics along the supply chain, and the lack of incentives for manufacturers to supply drugs they consider to not be as profitable as they had hoped. Now, does that sound like some sort of a government interfering in the markets kind of issue where I guess there isn't enough profit incentive for some of these things to be? By the way, I don't even believe that because, as you can see, uh, stockpiling for a shortage might be a way to make a shit ton of cash. I bet they don't really let you do that. Like, you're telling me Warren Buffett wouldn't want to spend a billion dollars just to have a massive stockpile of penicillin. Things go to shit. He could sell the fuck out of it. And by the way, we're not just talking about penicillin. We're talking about all sorts of drugs. And by the way, you weren't sure about whether or not we were headed for a recession. Here's one of the top drugs that's in short supply. This was number one on their list. I don't know if that means number one is in it's the most in short supply or is just the first one that they mentioned. Um, but Amphetamines, aspartame, aphetamine sulfate, dexter, whatever, dexter, blah, blah, blah. The point is Adderall. Adderall, they're going to be in short supply of Adderall. All those fuckers at your job who's getting a shit ton of stuff done because they're doing Addies all day. Oh, man, this is going to be like when they took steroids out of the UFC and you saw who was clearly not a real player the whole time. You're going to see how many people in your office were just getting by because they were taking amphetamines day in, day out. Oh, man, clear those people out of the workplace and give me a promotion. But the point is, I really think we do a systematic review of what's going wrong here. We're going to see that it's government, legislation, licensing laws, and all these little bits and pieces along the way that are keeping, you know, entrepreneurs and profit seekers from making money and getting us goods and services that we want. All right, so let's take a look at some of the uh, celebrities and people in power that have got this thing. So you got to look up this picture, just uh, Google President of Brazil Trump. And uh, basically the president of Brazil has it and they got this picture of him with Donald Trump and he looks like Mr. Bean if he just put his dick into a blender. Um, like Trump is holding his hand with like both of his hands on him. And this guy just looks so panicked. Like he's reacting like if Trump was going in for a kiss or Trump was about to put his hand into like a meat grinder or something. I don't know. He just has this horrified look on and, uh, chances are, what do you, what, like if we were placing odds right now, what do you think? You think Trump's got this coronavirus thing? They're just giving him the best antivirals in the world shit that we can't get our hands on. Or he just talks funny and looks weird anyway. So how would you know? That also, isn't that the best, that fucking doctor of his who's like, uh, no, we're not going to test him. He's so fine. No one's ever been more fine. And then here was also just fun about Trump, the way he handled this. At the fine, at the beginning, he's like, okay, it's fine. We're so healthy. Nothing can go wrong. Okay, we're so healthy. And then he changed it to, okay, maybe we're not so healthy, but we're going to get everyone tested. Okay, nobody's sick isn't getting tested. Anyone who can afford not to work will get the money. There's going to be so much money. For anybody who needs the money. And then someone was like, yeah, we can't do that. And then Trump's like, all right, we're just going to give all the money to the banks. Whatever money we can, we'll give it to the banks. Trump basically went from like, uh, listen, everything's totally and completely fine to Obama's fault, okay? He, he's the one. He had all the fucking red tape. If it was up to me, there would have been tests three years ago, okay? The other thing I thought was great, he was at one of those uh, press conferences, and he was like, we're working so hard on this. Some of the people on my team have been working 20 hours a day. And it's like, oh, you mean just working hard? <laughs> he came this, like, no one in government works 20 hours a day. That's like as much work as people put in for a whole week. And on that note, I love Ted Cruz. He's like, oh, I... I uh, 
he said he's re-quarantining himself because he ran into... No, you just don't want to work. Any any politician who's like, oh, listen, I'm going to self-quarantine. Yeah, easy for you. You get paid no matter what. I don't buy it from any politician. Oh, because uh, that's what I would do. Oh, I ran into another person who had it. I got to take off for the week. All right. And now I'm turning on the air conditioner for a minute here. I'm, I'm dying. I got sweat pouring out of my face. I'm basically sitting in a sauna trying to get this podcast out that's the devotion i have to you guys and also we're gonna have to get used to being uncomfortable pretty soon i'm gonna be living in this car and you know hot days are gonna be a part of life uh but this is funny to me i was thinking about the economy and the slowdown that is coming because so many industries are being suspended even my industry Skankfest, suspended it's not happening in two weeks airlines everyone who had tickets they're not going Now, what's interesting about having to suspend work, let's say, for a month, for two months, the people that are fucked are anybody that's, like, barely getting by. Like, if you have, you know, whatever debt you're carrying to keep your business afloat, if all of a sudden the immediate payments aren't coming in, you're fucked. Because, if you like, whereas if you're debt-free and you have a slow month and then business comes back in a month, it's not that big of a deal. But the people that are fucked are the ones who, hey... I made no money now. I have no savings and my rent is due. It's all those fixed costs that are part of your business. Debt would be one of them. And so the people that are going to come out ahead here are basically whoever gets a bailout in their debt being suspended. Some people will just be like, listen, like this is by the way, I was just thinking this like being forward looking like the, you know, the government say, hey, uh, to the airlines, we're going to cover whatever your debt is for the next month so that the airlines don't go away. And believe me, if it comes down to that, they'll do it. I don't know if the airlines are that indebted, but the point is there are certain crucial industries that will essentially get a government bailout if they can't make debt payments. And that's going to be like the winners that are just picked. And then I saw already government, like uh, Trump said that he was going to suspend the uh, interest loan payments for people with student loans. And I hate any bailout that happens for people with student loans. I don't have any. I, I honestly feel like we compete. I know this is going to sound like I've said this before and it's such sicko talk, but I'm going to say it anyways. We're competing with each other for resources. And a lot of kids, I went to Queens College. It was There was nothing fun about it. I showed up to classes that I hate. I didn't talk to anyone. I went home, and it cost me no money, and there was nothing fun about it. Other kids, they went to school, and it was summer camp. They spent $30,000, a year living on these campuses, having a party, and they had a good fucking time. I did not have a good time. And now we're getting to the point where people might start planning for families and all of a sudden it's like if I'm just on an even playing field again with these people who had student loan debt that I'd otherwise be able to start pulling ahead of a little bit financially and then all of a sudden having a little bit more pull in the dating market it's bullshit I hate it I don't like it for one second I don't like that government gets to pick winners or losers and you're going to start seeing it happen in who government decides to give a handout to in suspension of debt All right, and now that we're done with that little rant on uh, debt, I'm going to try and turn off the air. Maybe I can stomach a little bit more of this. It's good. I'm not going to have to work out today. I'm going to walk out of this thing sweaty as fuck, walk back to my apartment. People are going to look at me. Uh, just covered in sweat and red eyes and be like, this, this is, they're just going to, it's going to be like Frankenstein walking down the street. So in New York City, Andrew Cuomo has banned gatherings with more than 500 people. Uh, the rule does not apply to mass t- transit, which is great. He's basically like, no large gatherings unless you're cramped together in really dirty places. They also shut down Broadway, and this I thought was really funny. The day that they shut down Broadway, they said the rule takes a pl- uh, takes effect at 5 p.m. Eastern. And I just love the thought of some dude who's like, I just got to get my last Broadway playing. 
before this thing shuts down. I just got to be able to see Wicked one last time. I just got to be able to see these people dance once. But it's like, if it's already so dangerous that they're shutting down, who's still going to that last play? So now my question for you is, if uh, if the, if things end up on lockdown, if you got to spend time in your apartment, what do you got planned? Is it going to be baby making? Are you going to get back into, I might get back into reading comic books. I might order myself a... Uh, one of those uh, virtual reality things and play the new Half-Life game or chances are I'll just end up watching porn on that. Those things are dangerous. I don't need porn to be better. I've been sticking away from the whole virtual reality stuff. I've wasted enough time in my life with uh, television and video games. I don't need the better version of it. But, you know, once 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 I do that, it's going to be like Ready Player One. I will not be moving from my apartment. Uh, so one more thing before we look at some of the financial side of this. I just thought this was great. This uh, was from Reuters. It came from China. Um, and with all of Trump's talk about us maybe negotiating with China, with, 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 with China, with the people of China, with all of that talk, you want to know how we will never, we will never get our way with China. It is never going to happen. A spokesman for China's foreign ministry suggested on Thursday the U.S. military might have brought the coronavirus to the Chinese city of Wuhan, which has been hardest hit by the outbreak. China has taken great offense at comments by U.S. officials accusing it of being slow to react. Isn't that great? We accuse them of being slow to react and like, well, well, you you caused the whole fucking thing. This was your military. Good luck negotiating with those people. So now the government's going crazy. They're doing a lot to prop up the financial markets. Um, and at first, I thought they might just take this as an opportunity to crash the economy. That's really what I thought. Maybe they wanted to get rid of Trump. Uh, I do know that at some point, all of these bubbles and all the money that they propped into the markets, it's going to have to come down. And they're never going to want to admit to the fact that it was the Fed and that they have control over these things and that government is fucking us out of our wealth. So I thought either going to war with a country like Iran or... Or having some mass plague that shuts down the economy would be a really good opportunity to point fingers and go, oh, it had nothing to do with us or printing money. It had nothing to do with QE1 through a million. It had nothing to do with uh, the repo markets and us uh, just helping the financial plumbing. You know, all those bankers are clogging up toilets. We're just coming in like a bunch of good old plumbers. Uh, but it seems like they're trying to do everything to keep this racket afloat. Maybe, as I said... Uh, a couple episodes back, they're just trying to keep it afloat for a little while so that they can make their own preparations and get in, get out of their long positions, get into their short positions. Or here's a new really dark conspiracy theory I'm going to throw out there. Maybe, uh, maybe they're trying to clean up the balance sheets. We got a disease in our hand that might wipe out a lot of old people. You want to look at some of the biggest problems plaguing at least our country. I don't know about other countries, but it's going to be these Social Security and Medicare costs. Imagine that if they created some sort of a disease that just wiped out specifically people over the age of 65, which would also constitute some of the biggest liabilities on our financial balance sheets. Not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying, you know, if we're throwing out wild conspiracy theories of what kind of incentives might exist for the government uh, being in labs trying to create these super infectious diseases, one that kills off old people, you know, might be some benefits there. Not to mention, you want to talk about revitalizing the economy when all these people, they're talking about like, uh, I don't know, let's just talk about the baby boomers handing on all their wealth to young folks. But when we're a bunch of assholes and then we just go out and spend all of it, you know, you inherit that house and government gets to take 50% of the profits. When you sell it, they get to pay down some of their debt and you go spend that 50% on brunch and stupid vacation and Instagram pictures. Everyone goes home a winner. All right. So this is from CNBC. Uh, and it's a paragraph about the Fed and some of their new bailout activities. Of course, they're not calling it bailout activities. Bailout gets people very upset. 
Under the new regime, the Fed will extend its purchase across a range of maturities to include bills, notes, treasury, inflation-protected securities, and other instruments. The central bank will begin purchasing coupon-bearing securities, something market participants have been clamoring for since late 2019. The Fed's basically like an auctioneer at this point. They're like, we're buying everything. What do you have? What do you need? Banks, we're taking all your bad debt off the books and replacing with brand shiny new debt. Get your bid off the books. We'll buy everything. You got bad bonds, bad corporate loans. We're buying it. We're buying it all. We're taking it all. So the Feds are dropping interest rates. They're in. Um, they're intervening in the repo markets. And the real question that has everyone concerned is at what point has the Fed blown its entire load? You know, at what point is there no more juice left in that tank? They can't take any more blue chew. They can't snort any more Viagras. They've done everything they can. And uh, next week, we're going to take a deeper look into some of what's been going on with uh, government money, the Fed, because th that's the most interesting topic, but it's also the most boring to have to do your homework on. Uh, and the other thing we're going to take a look at next week is government agencies have been posting jobs to review crypto along with uh, in Congress. They just passed uh, the Crypto Act of 2020. And what's really interesting about crypto, you got to understand, is that the chief good of the American, if like the American uh, government had one product, it's currency. That's their chief product. That's why uh, we're imperialists. That's why we've got a big old army. We want to make sure that there's dollar demand. As long as there's dollar demand, people continue to buy our debt and we can continue uh, doing all the wacky stuff that we like to do. Uh, and uh, potentially digital currencies, now you're starting to really compete with government. That's their product. Uh, and so they're starting to make some moves to figure out how maybe they can uh, get rid of or at least control Bitcoin. Uh, or maybe the thing just continues to crash on its own. All right, so enough of the coronavirus financial talks. Let's talk about that dumbass Biden who is somehow still in the race. And uh, any of you guys see that video of the construction worker and Biden going, you're full of shit. Fuck you, you fucking construction worker. And someone should tell Biden, you know, construction workers are just bucket people on the ground. This is no, I mean, you're supposed to be the candidate who likes thanking the working man. Not yelling at them and calling them full of shit. And also, you know, for the Democratic Party, you got to watch the way this guy talks to women. Did you see? He, he turned to that chick next to him and just went, shush. You shut your fucking mouth, you stupid bitch. I'm trying to talk to the construction worker over here and tell him why he's a fucking asshole. He didn't say it quite in those terms, but it's just because he doesn't have the vocabulary. If he could remember those words, he would have said them. But, you know, he's a confused old man. But here's what's great. And I said it was the same thing with Elizabeth Warren. It's amazing that if the news just asked two or three follow-up questions, these people would completely fold. They can lie once, they can lie twice. It's almost like uh, in Austin Powers, the Will Ferrell character. You ask him three times, then he can't lie. It's the same. The guy's like, hey, you know, I, I saw this video. And then, of course, Biden, there, there's no video. The video's like, dude, when there's a video and there's fucking visual evidence of you being on, I think it was Charlie Rose. I think it was that guy. The guy who uh, ended up with the, I don't know, it was on one of these news shows. He literally said, we're going to try and take the assault rifles. And then all that it took was this construction worker asking him three times and then him being like just losing his fucking shit. All right, that's it for this week. Uh, hopefully I will have survived sitting in this car for, I don't even know how much time I've done, but Jesus Christ, this, this could be my new thing. Sauna episodes of the Run Your Mouth podcast. You do it in a hot car with the windows rolled up, rolled up so that you can get good audio quality. Maybe I'll do the next episode. Instead of the smoke out, bug out, we can get five people all sitting in the car. Hottest day of the summer. Whoever steps out of the car first loses. Maybe we'll do that as an episode of the Summer Porch Tour. Get some sort of a prize up on the line. I got to be honest. I think I might be, unless I train, 
I will probably be first to quit out because this is fucking miserable. And I had to stop recording a couple times, throw on that air conditioner to, uh, you know, get a little bit of the sweat off my face. But, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we'll do the summer sit in a hot car challenge. Uh, no water. Maybe you also got to, like, wear more layers that the other people don't have to smell your sweat. Oh, this sounds disgusting. I feel like I'm just going to ruin my car and sweat. You know what? Bad idea. We're not going to do that. End of this episode. Stay safe. Stay coronavirus-free. Stock up on cookies. Stay home. Enjoy yourself. This is your time to catch up on The Sopranos. Uh, Jerk off more. You know, you don't have to go into work. Just tell them you're not feeling... You can tell them you got the slightest bit of a cold. They're not going to make you come in. Use this to your fucking advantage. Stay home. Trade cryptocurrency. I don't know what you're into, but just, you know, work the system for you. The whole thing's a fucking racket anyways. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys.